The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. All right, let's move on. It's time for the first Hemi of the Week in 2024. We go with the Joker pretty much every week. I could go with Joel Embiid, even though he's been banged up. 11 games away, by the way, not being eligible for a postseason award, which would be terrible. But instead, the Hemi Award goes to Jaw Morant is back, baby, like he's never left. He's averaging 25-5-8 in his last four games. Not even peak jaw numbers. But what is? The Grizzlies are 4-2 and two in the six games he's played, which is pretty much the percentage of winning that everyone expected them to be in. Imagine that. John Moran is just discovering his sea legs. He's only 5 for 29 for 3 this season. And when he starts hitting more threes, his numbers are going to inflate, jump up above 30. That's what we expect from John Moran, right? He was named NBA Player of the Week. That was well-deserved. He's resurrected a tough season for the Grizz, given the fan base hope. We need that. We need that. His return coincided with a four-game winning streak and included wins against the Hawks, the Pacers, Two wins against the Pelicans. Those are not terrible teams either. Those are legit, tough to beat on any regular season night type of a games. The entire team is now excited, now transformed, which is why John Morant is a star. Not just a star, but probably one of the five best players in the NBA star when he's healthy. I was on Memphis radios uh, when with my guys Jason and John, and I stand by the, what I told them. This is a league that needs John Morant on the floor. There's just nobody like him on the league. There's just nobody. It's obvious when you see Jaw that he is the best show on the hardwood. Even when he does the obnoxious dance, clowning the Pelicans on their own floor with their own dance after beating them with like two seconds left, that's very entertaining. That is peak Jaw. So of all the Hemis I've given out this year, this one makes me the happiest. Thank God Jaw Morant is back. Jaw Morant is the Hemi of the week. Many more Hemis for him to come. He is I and I am him. Slim with a tilted brim. He's him. Lots of little news stories from around the league. So let's get into a few things that caught my eye. This is a crazy story about Aaron Gordon. 
he has missed a week's worth of games because he got bit by his own dog. Man, do I know that story better than anyone else. I have a 12-pound Pomeranian. She is vicious. If I touch the back of her at night, she will bite my face. And that is what happened to Aaron Gordon as well. But not, I don't think a Pomeranian. I think a very, very big dog. Shams dropped the bomb. This is the bomb. This is the sound of the Shams bomb. He dropped the bomb on Christmas Day when he reported that Aaron Gordon has suffered serious injuries to his face and hands from a dog attack on Christmas from his pit bull, which required him to get 21 stitches. All of that to say, that's post his Christmas Day game. He played on Christmas and then proceeded to get bitten in the face. As someone who's been bitten by their own dog a time or two, I feel bad for him. It is a sad and traumatic event to ever have your dog attack you, have any dog attack you, specifically your own. His status was indefinite, but he came back in just a week. He had this to say about the incident. I guess it's a little bit embarrassing, but not too embarrassing where I can't talk about it. I don't drink a lot during the season. I probably had a little too much eggnog. I was kind of roughhousing with my dog, and I think my dog got a little excited and basically just chomped down and gave me a bite, and I was wrestling him off me, and then he bit my hand. For lack of better words, I was messing around with my dog, and when you mess around, you find out. That's a perfect fuck around and find out moment. Like, it's funny when I do that to my dog, who's 12 pounds. I think his dog is probably 112 pounds. You mess with the bull, you get the horns, hype of a pit bull or a palm or a chihuahua mix, getting chomped. As it turns out, his dad usually takes care of his pit when he's on the road. He says he's a good boy, he's a good dog. What a wild injury. That's like one of the most wild NBA injuries. It's like Najoku and his, uh, what was it, like a some sort of fire pit that he got burned by? Yeah, it's insane. He only had 10, 2, and 0 in his return. Not 100% yet, but thankfully I think he's going to recover fully. He'll learn that some dogs only can be hyped up to a certain point before they'll tear off your face. Hopefully the Nuggets are going to tear off everybody else's face because they're the best team in the league right now. I think, not just in the West, but in the East. Get better, Aaron Gordon. Moving on to Scoot. We got to talk about Scoot. God, I love him. My avatar on Twitter is Scoot. It's never changing. Scoot with the goggles. Everything's changed since he got his, uh, his bifocals. I'm going to do a deep dive on Scoot. Probably for the rookie report. But I did want to talk about a quote that dropped last night. Scoot, just a competitor. He said he's still trying to get rookie of the year. That's his goal. That's still up in the air. He believes the rookie of the year race is not complete yet. Some of you might be laughing because you think, oh, okay, Scoot, you, you believe that you can take on Victor Wembanyama and Chet. But get this. Check this out. This is stats. In his last 11 games, Scoot has averaged 16, 3, and 6 with 1.2 stocks, stocks, stocks on a shooting split of 40, 43, and 85 in 30 minutes a game while running the point for one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Pretty much the second most effective rookie over the last three weeks in the entire NBA. If he continues to do that, folks, it might get closer than we think. Who knows? Probably not, but who knows? More on Scoot very, very soon. Speaking of rookies, Victor Wembanyama has had a fascinating rookie season. Most people think he's the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, but it's very close, very close between him and Chet. Some outlets, including BetMGM, have 
Chet with a small Razor's Edge at minus 120 and Victor minus 110. Even though they're not going to come out and say it outright, there are people that think that Victor is somehow disappointing this season, even though he's averaging 19, 10, and 3 with three blocks per game, which is just absolutely uh, absurd. They point out that he's a turnover-prone player. He has 3.3 per game in 30 minutes. Who gives a fuck about that? Not me. It's the San Antonio Spurs. They also blame him for getting into foul trouble, even though he's skinny and is just trying to defend. Uh, and that's limiting his restricted time on the court. He's averaging under 24 minutes a game the last two weeks. Do I care? No, I do not. Most people are pointing out that the Spurs are just 5-27, and 27, which is god-awful for someone hailed as the savior in San Antonio. Many memes are going around saying, hey, does San Antonio know that they already got Victor Weminyama? Which is why I thought Joel Embiid's take on Victor was so interesting. As someone who missed his first two years as a, as a rookie, or two years to injury, and who understand what it's like to be called savior of a franchise, I think probably Joel Embiid has a good perspective on what life is like for Victor. Embiid told David Aldridge at The Athletic this. I'm not trying to be too critical. Obviously, he's extremely talented. Right now, there's so much hype around him. I think he's just trying to live up to that hype, and that's what I see. I watch a lot of games, and I think, first of all, he has to figure out where he wants to play, whether he wants to be a guard or a big, or whatever. It's not necessarily where he wants to be, uh, whether he wants to be a guard or a big. It's what he wants to become. Do you want to become KD, or do you want to become me? Not KD, or like a version of those guys. You want to combine everything. Right now, I feel like everything kind of feels a little forced in the way that he's playing, which is not bad, because the only way to get better is to play through it and learn. That's the only way. You make a lot of mistakes, and you learn. I do think it's like, do you want to be KD or do you want to be me? <laughs> very good analysis, though, of Vic. Victor's very young, man. He's just trying to figure out. And I think the team's trying to figure out what they want Victor to be. He's only 19, and he's, what is he, probably 190 pounds soaking wet at 7'4". You got to play through your mistakes. You got to figure out whether you're going to gain weight like Joel Embiid did, whether you're going to stay slender like Kevin Durant did. Are you going to play on the perimeter? And Victor continues to do an incredible job of just figuring it out, owning up to his mistakes in press conferences. He knows that he's a work in progress. A lot of people put kind of unfair expectations on him. He knows that he has holes in his game. I'm sure of that. And more importantly, he knows how many people in San Antonio are relying on him. He said this, this is probably the worst Victor will ever see. That's what he said during Thanksgiving break. And that's one of the most confident and self-aware statements from the athlete that you're going to hear, especially from someone leading the league in blocks and nearly 20 a game in limited time as a rookie. He's, like, very young. I love Joel Embiid. He's one of the very few players who, if you ask a question, will give you an honest answer. Up next... Finally, if you know anything about me, you know that I will never, ever, ever pass up an opportunity to talk about James Johnson. Bloodsport. That's his nickname. He was voted unanimously as the toughest player in the NBA last year. He was signed the day after the Pacers got absolutely bullied by the Bucks in Game Ball Gate. Game Ball Gazi, as they call it. Uh, by the way, the two teams played for the first time since then on Monday night, and the Pacers won by nine. Coincidence that they took it to the Bucks with James Johnson on the roster? I do not think so. Anyway, Udonis Haslam dropped an anecdote this week about what 
James Johnson is like, how tough he is, how, we'll call it gritty he is, how he's not to be fucked with when he was with the Heat, and I needed to talk about it. Haslam, as you know, is considered one of the toughest guys in the league as well, somebody that you do not want to piss off. He recently said, if he ever runs into Kevin Garnett, it's ones on site. He says, I like Tatum, I like Brown, but them old motherfuckers, KG and Paul, I don't fuck with y'all. If I see y'all at the grocery store, it's on. I don't care what aisle. It can be a 7-Eleven around the cheese dip. All of it's getting flipped over. Woo! All of it's getting flipped over. The cheese dip, the <laughs> the hot dogs. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Slurpees? All of it. So, yeah, Haslam is about as hard as a coffin nail. Pause. And even Haslam's like, do not fuck with James Johnson. Udonna said this on Bam Adebayo's podcast, which I didn't even know that Bam Adebayo had a podcast. He said, I ain't going to say no names, but somebody on our team called James Johnson a bitch. And JJ said, hey, you guys see me after practice. And everybody was like, oh, shit. Oh, boy. Bam said that he tried to intervene to keep this unnamed player from getting his ass whooped. And James Johnson said, hey, why don't you mind your fucking business? So the fight happened, and... It went pretty much exactly like you thought it would. Bam Adebayo chimed in. He said, I watched that shit. The funniest part about it, dog, is JJ ended up balling. I'm talking about beating this man up. JJ got done, beating him senseless, and then said, you all right? You all right? And then walked out. This man is crying and sniveling. And James John's like, hey, you good? No, he's not good. You just beat the shit out of him. And then they ended up hugging it out later. That's what I want to do to some people sometimes. I just want to put my kid punching gloves on. That's just an inside joke. And get him in the face and be like, hey, are you good? I actually don't want to do that. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Bam also confirmed one of those urban legends about James Johnson when he watched Johnson dislodge a wedgie by kicking the ball out of the rim with a roundhouse kick and then landing on his feet. Bloodsport, the most interesting man in the NBA. Let's get him a liquor. And the only player in the league I will never pass up an opportunity to talk about, even when the podcast is running long. That's all the time that we have for the episode of The Heat Check. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episode. No, come back Friday. And check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which will drop unexpectedly, like your new neighbors stopping by out of nowhere with cookies. Do not forget to follow The Heat Check as we go through this NBA season. That means download, subscribe. Please tell everyone, friends, enemies, neighbors, even that guy walking his dog every day at the same time who never acknowledges your existence. Be like, hey, stop. Stop sleeping on me. Trista has a podcast and it slaps. Follow us on social at this heat chicken on Trista Crick on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We'll see you next time.